What's going on, everybody? This is episode three. <laughs> Welcome to episode three of Growing Live with Big Cat. I am your host, Big Cat, and today we are going to be talking about seeds, more specifically the seed of life. <laughs> Before I get too far into it, though, let me um, stop and take the time to acknowledge two people, actually. One of them is the wonderful Nebula Hayes. Instagram at Grow Weed Easy. Nebula Hayes is a blogger and a co-founder of GrowWeedEasy.com. For the refer- for the record, it is an excellent reference point for beginners and a great place to brush up on some things, even if you have experience growing. Um, I came across that website um, probably about two to three years ago, and I still use it as a reference to this day. I'll go back and I'll look, and um, a lot of my growing tips I got from there, and they it was just things that, as I got more experience, I went back to the website to pick up new techniques and growing tips to help improve on what I had learned. Um, long story short, best choice I ever made. Well... One of the best choices I ever made. I've purchased a few books as well. They helped, but there's nothing like being able to just type in Google or, you know what I'm saying, go straight to the website and find what you need. And it's it's damn near written for for dummies. You know, grow weed for dummies. That's what she could have should have called the website. But that's here, not there. Shouts out to Nebula Hayes. Appreciate it. Second person I want to shout out uh, is Patrick, man. Pat Metcalf. That's his Instagram handle. Um, he was actually one of the first people who, uh, hit me up on Instagram and basically was like, yo, you doing good shit. I like that, man. Good podcast. It was informative. This, that, and the third. So shouts out to Pat. Um, hopefully some of what I talk about, he can use as well as other people and it benefits everybody, man. But I ain't gonna lie, dog. Him, you know, basically hitting me up on Instagram and telling me, that he appreciated what I did is the reason I'm still doing that shit. So, shouts out to him. Um, shit, people like that. That's why I do it, man. Uh, speaking of Instagrams, too. Uh, can't forget to talk about my Instagram. Use um, this podcast in conjunction with my Instagram. Because what you can't see me talk about, you can see in pictures and videos on my page. So, that being said... Make sure you go catch me on Instagram at Big Cats Growing Loud. That's Big Cat, B-I-G-C-A-T-S underscore growing, G-R-O-W-I-N underscore loud, L-O-U-D. It'll be a bunch of pictures, a bunch of videos, and a couple memes here and there. Some funny shit, but you know. Um, that being said, shit, let's go ahead and get into this seed talk, man. We're going we gonna, to... Talk about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and hopefully you'll be able to germinate some seeds and get them growing. All right, y'all. Segment two. Segment two is all about collection and storage, right? Getting your hands on weed seeds is not as hard as you may think, although lately... Because people are becoming more aware of product and quality, 
it has been a little hard to get seeds. When I first got my medical card in Michigan, which was probably about three and a half, three, three and a half years ago, it was nothing for me to walk into the the day I got my medical card, I walked into the dispensary and bought two eighties. I bought a three point five or something that was good with no seeds. And then I bought 3.5 grams of some shit that was chalk full of seeds. Some Chernobyl OG, actually. That was the first AP I got that had seeds in it. So, I still have a bunch of those Chernobyl OG seeds. It was a ton of them in there. I think I pulled like 60 out of the eighth. But um, as of late, it's been very hard to find weed in the dispensaries that has seeds in it. So, these are your options. At least as far as getting seeds. All right. Now, if you're lucky, you'll find some seeds and some weed that you just happen to buy. You know, wherever you purchase your marijuana from, I don't want to know. I ain't asking no questions, especially if it's not the dispensary. But if you happen to have seeds in it, pull them out and and store them. All right. Another option is seed banks. I've noticed lately, especially with the legalization of marijuana, there's a lot of seed banks popping up in uh, the United States. Um. I ain't gonna say no names. I ain't gonna do your own research. If you Google seed banks, I'm sure you'll find quite a bit. But um, seed banks is at your own risk. Aside from questionable activity in terms of selling souvenirs and things of that nature, you also run the risk of sending money and not getting what you paid for. There are quite a few seed banks that your only option of paying for them is to send cash in the mail or to send a money order in the mail. Fuck that. Fuck both of those, if you want me to be honest with you. If I can't swipe my card, if I can't use PayPal or some shit like that, I ain't buying them. All right. So, well, you got bag seed or what I call bag seed is any seeds that you get from a bag of weed that you got or a tube of weed that you got, whatever. It's all bag seed to me. Your next option is the seed bank. Option number three is to breed your own seeds. Essentially, you have a male plant, you have a female plant, you let the male plant grow out, release pollen, or if you're good, you pollinate it yourself. You pollinate the females yourself by collecting the pollen from your male plant and then dispersing it where you want it as opposed to letting nature take its course. All right. So um, best way I can describe that Think of using a pistol to hit your target as opposed to a shotgun to hit your target. That's the relation between you collecting the pollen from the male plant and pollinizing the female yourself. Pollinating. Pollinizing. Pollinate. My bad, y'all. The difference between it is, you know, basically the pistol version is you pollinating the female yourself. The shotgun version is letting the male plant do whatever it wants to. Either way it goes, you're going to pollinate the plant, but um, you run the risk of cross-contaminating by letting the male plant do whatever it wants to. What I, what I mean by that is if you happen to have more than one tent, which you should if you're trying to breed, but if you happen to have more than one tent and one of those tents happens to be a flower tent and you go in there messing with a male plant that you're just letting do whatever it wants to. As soon as it opens up those pollen sacs, they will float through the air and I guarantee you they will find their way into your flower tent and then whatever plants you got in your flower tent are going to be chock full of seeds. My only thing I have to say about that is if it happens, I hope you know what the father strain was and I hope you got all your female plants labeled in case they're not the same strain. 
because now you just made a crossbreed of however many different strands you have in your tent. But that's here nor there. Another option for seed gathering is to feminize the plant yourself. That means you have a female plant and you force it to make its own seeds. That is a very advanced technique. It's not something that you can simply do. It's not the same as the plant becoming a hermaphrodite. That's when it has male and female parts. When you feminize a plant, it only has female parts. When you feminize a plant, all of the seeds that come from that plant are female. Unless they're hermaphrodite, then obviously they're not females, they're hermaphrodites. But the majority of the seeds you get from a plant that you feminize will be female seeds. Period. Now, I ain't going to go into detail about how to feminize the plant for two reasons. One, it's an advanced technique. This is the beginning of the podcast, so shit, the beginning is for beginners. Number two, I haven't done the shit myself. So I'm not going to tell you guys to, how to do something that I ain't did myself, because then if you do it and it's fucked up, you're going to come back at me like, damn, man, I thought you knew what you was talking about. I ruined my whole crop listening to you. So um, I will say this. You use colloidal silver to feminize your plants. C-O-L-L-I-D-A-L, I believe is how it's spelled. So if you got some time, look it up. Colloidal silver. Um, from what I understand, it's not very expensive to do. The catch is, though, when you use this colloidal silver, you have to spray it on your plants while it's like pre-flowers and, and early, early flower stage. But you can't smoke it because the trade-off to feminizing the plants using the silver, to my understanding, is that you cannot smoke the plant that you feminize. However, all of the seeds are okay to grow and smoke. I believe some some type of chemical reaction takes place, but essentially, if you smoke the weed from the plant that you feminize to get the feminized seeds, that should will kill you because of something with the silver. But that does not translate to the seeds, which makes all the seeds 100% safe. But I follow that up by saying you can't believe everything you read on the internet. So do your research. All right. That's, uh, let me see. As far as getting your seeds, that's pretty much it. Let's talk about the important part, though. Once you get them, you have to store them, okay? That's the, uh, that's the hard part. I've had seeds for probably about two or three years that I've had for this whole time, and they were not properly stored. I can tell you that from the get-go. A lot of my seeds right now are still not properly stored, so this is like uh, monkey see, monkey do. Make sure you keep your seeds in a cool space. 30 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit is ideal. Make sure it's dark. Make sure it's dry. Because if it is not cool, dark, and dry, what you have is light, warm, and wet. If it's light, warm, and wet, it causes the seeds to germinate. So what will happen is you'll be storing your seeds somewhere where it's warm, wet, and, and light, and next thing you know, you got to open them up and they're all dead. They've root rotted and they've dried out and they're all decrepit and disgusting because they started germinating and then they didn't get what they need once the process started. So that is very important, you guys. Because if you buy seeds or get your hands on seeds somehow and you ruin them, you're going to be a little sad about it, especially if you paid... Uh, 
as much for those seeds as what I've seen some prices. <laughs> okay. You know, 10 seeds for a hundred some odd dollars and you ruin 10 seeds because they got wet before you stored them, then you might be a little upset about that. So just a heads up, guys. Another thing too, make sure your containers are airtight and label that shit, man. I cannot stress that enough. Label everything. Anything you do when it comes to growing, label it. Why? Because you're going to forget. You will forget. You're going to sit here. I have a couple seeds and, um, well, I have a couple seedlings right now in my tent. And I have to look at them and really rack my brain to remember what they are. Because not only did I not label all of them, some of my labels moved. So I have to go off of pure memory from where I put them in the tray. All right. It's not fun. Luckily, I was able to remember. And since then, I've thinned some of my seedlings out. Uh, either because they weren't growing or for whatever reason. So I don't actually have as many in there now as what I did before. So that makes it a lot better too. But label that shit, label that shit, label that shit. And if you decide that you want to breed your own seeds, definitely make sure you label that shit. All right. Because what you need to do is label, your labels go a lot more in depth if you breed your own seeds. Okay. You have to stop and think. You have to, if you have two different crosses, now you have to name the cross. So you got to label it like that. Then if you're really big into what you're doing, you want to keep track of the genetics. So you have to label that. Then if you're really, really big into what you're doing and you're trying to make a name for it, you got to put your name on it. So boom, there's another part of the label. Then you got to label when you harvested the seeds. So you know approximately how long they're going to be good for. So when I tell you to label your shit, Label your shit and thank me later. Uh, outside of that, though, collection and seed stores ain't that complicated, man. Uh, the best thing I can recommend, if you happen to have access to a mini fridge, put a mini fridge in your grow room, man. Because you, you'd be surprised what you can store in a mini fridge. I store my all of my, my weed-infused products go in my mini fridge. So my coconut oil... My can of butter, anything that I make. I was going to try my hand at Kool-Aid, make some sugar, store that, like all that shit. Put it in the fridge, man. That way you ain't got to worry about it. And when you do the seeds, just make sure your seeds are airtight. Honestly, if you're going to put your seeds in the refrigerator, I would recommend putting them in a container that is small enough to fit inside another container. Or if you happen to get them and you have them in seed packs, don't even open the seed packs. Drop the seed packs in like a storage dish, a Rubbermaid storage dish, seal it, and put it in the refrigerator. When you're ready, go in there, get the dish, open it up. And the only thing you have to remember is if you don't use all the seeds at one time, when you put them back, you have to put them in a container that's going to be airtight and dry. And then put it in your storage container and put it in the refrigerator so you don't have any issues. If you do that, you'll be straight. And as long as you straight, you can roll into the next process, man. We're going to talk about germination in uh, segment three. All right, y'all. Segment three, germination. This is when lesson starts for real, for real. So in lesson format, I'm going to hit y'all with a definition first. Definition of germination. And that is the development of a plant from a seed or a spore after a period of dormancy. 
process of something coming into existence and developing. That's what we're doing right now. Now that you've got your seeds and you stored them the right way, right? So that when you go to germinate the seeds, you don't have too many issues, right? Because you stored them the right way. And it was dry and it was dark and it was cool. As opposed to warm, light, and wet, right? That's Because that's what you did, right? At least that's what you were supposed to do. But um, now, that, now that you've done that and you're ready to start your seeds, start the germ process, there's a few things that you need, all right? You need heat. When it comes to storage, you want to store it cool, about 30 to 45 degrees Fahrenheit. When you want to germinate, we're talking somewhere between 70 and 90 degrees Fahrenheit. All right. Ideal is about 78 degrees, somewhere around there. But um, there's a about a 20 degree temperature range that you can play with. Obviously, you don't want it to be 90 degrees because if your tent is 90 degrees, and it's summertime, your tent's really not going to be 90 degrees. Your tent's going to be closer to 100. You don't want those issues. Trust me, you don't want those issues. I've dealt with that before. Um, it's not fun. So, heat, 70 to 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Instead of dry, you want wet or water because the water, once it hits the seed, it's soaked into the seed and that's what activates the growth hormones that force the seed open and allow the root to start growing or the uh the radical excuse me i think that i believe that's what it's called the radical the tap root the radical whatever it is but water starts the whole process it activates the hormones inside the seed that say hey it's time to grow and then boom the process is on on and on um you need air right air for germination is important when it comes to putting your seeds directly into the dirt, the growing medium, to start the germination process. I do not do that because of the fact that I've had issues with either planting the seed too deep in the dirt or overwatering the seed while it was in the dirt. So I prefer to, I prefer a different method actually. So I don't, uh, I don't do soil, I don't do direct to soil because my experience has been bad with that. Um, I don't use rock wool because my experience has been bad with that. Um, actually, I'm going to go ahead and talk to you guys about my, my preferred method, all right? Personally, big cat, big cash choice is paper towels. Now, the cheaper the better with the paper towels because what you don't want is something super absorbent. You don't want that absorbent stuff with the pockets and all that stuff because... Um, I've had it happen before, and I thought I was tripping. I didn't know what was wrong. I thought maybe I had left the seed in the paper towel for too long. But the higher quality paper towel, I guess, because it has the pockets and it absorbs the water, the roots of the seed, once the seed pops, well, when, let me backtrack real quick. Seed pop. When I say pop, I mean that the germination process has started, the water has hit the seed, soaked it up, um, the seed has activated the hormones, and the seed itself has split, exposing what is inside. So when I say pop, that's what I refer to. Now, back on track. I have noticed that when I use more expensive paper towels versus cheaper, and when I talk about cheap, I'm talking like go to Family Dollar, Dollar General, or whatever dollar store is near you, and get the paper towel that is a dollar. Get the roll of paper towel that's a dollar, and germinate it in that. 
because your seeds will not stick in the paper. Okay. I've had it happen one time. I was using some better quality paper towel. And when I made it to go get my seeds to actually plant them, the seeds were, it was like stuck to the paper towel because the roots from the tap root has started growing into the paper towel in search of water. That's why you use cheap ones. The cheap paper towels don't hold water like that. They don't absorb water like that. They'll get wet. So you wet the paper towel, you put the seeds in it, you close it up and put it somewhere warm and let it do its thing. Um, that is my method. So when it comes to big cats, personal preference using the paper towel. The first thing you do is grab you some paper towel, fold it in half, fold it in half again. And then label that shit, because you remember you're supposed to label everything, right? So, you, what, what is it and the date that you began the germination process? So, um, if I pop some purple diesel today, then on the paper towel it's going to say 1, 12, 19, and purple diesel, or perp D, or PD, or whatever. You know, something to let me know what it is and when it started. After you've done that, you can fold your paper towel in half twice labeled and dated it. You put the seeds in the fold of that labeled paper towel. After you do that, you wet the paper towel. Now, I use a spray bottle because it keeps me from making it too wet and drowning the seeds. So I will spray the paper towel until I can individually see each seed and where it's sitting at. And then either I close the container up or I'll repeat the process as needed with however many different types of seeds I'm going to be germinating. Okay, so what I'll do is, um, step two was you put them in the fold of the paper towel. Step three was you wet the paper towel. Step four is you repeat step one through three for each different strain being germinated. Okay, step five for me is to take all of the paper towels that are wet labeled with seeds in it and I put them into a Tupperware container with lid with a lid on it. I'll take that Tupperware container with the lid on it and I will put it into my veg tent. And I will take something and I will cover the whole container so that no light gets in. All it's getting from being in that tent is the heat. Okay. After that, it's just a waiting game. Once you got it wet and it's warm and you waiting on the, the, the seeds to pop, it's a waiting game. So what I do from that point on, once they go inside of my grow tent, I check them 12 hours later. And I try to check them every 12 hours because depending on how old they are, um, it may take a while to germinate. But if you have some fresh seeds or just some high quality genetics, that shit will pop in less than 12 hours. I've had it happen before. Um, but me personally, I like to let them pop and then I like to let the roots grow a little bit. Uh, maybe not the best idea to do, but that's my personal preference. I've never had any issues with it. I keep the paper towel moist so that the root itself doesn't dry out. And then once that's done and I can see the tap root and I like to let it get maybe about an inch or too long. Once that happens, we roll into the whole next level of the process because the whole first level, level one of this process, is to just get the seeds wet so that they pop and you can see the root. All right. Once you've done, once you've done all that and you see 
the taproot coming out and you're ready like i, I know you're ready you're ready because you're fucking excited because you're like shit this might be my this might be your first weed seed i know i was excited when i had my first weed seed popping i put that shit in the dirt i was hella excited but you got to slow down because you you can put it straight in the dirt but i don't recommend it i don't recommend it not for any i don't recommend it and it's not for any reason other than the fact that I haven't had success with it. So I'm not going to tell you to do something that I ain't been able to do and have you fail at it too. You might not fail at it though. Shit, you might have better luck than I am. But I'm going to tell you what I know and what works for me because it's worked. And shit, I got proof. Check my Instagram if you don't believe me. All right. But um, for the second step of this germination process, I use a cloning tray. I use a fluorescent light, T5. I use a heat mat, and I use Jiffy Cubes. Okay. So, the first, uh, after you've done everything you're supposed to do, you've germinated the seeds, they, they've popped, you're ready, grab your Jiffy Cubes and soak them in some water. It's recommended that you balance the pH, balance your water, the pH level of your water. I don't, largely because I don't have the equipment to do it with and largely because I never have and I've never had any issues. So you pre-soak those Jiffy Cubes. Um, they will expand so it's not like you're not going to know when they're ready to be used. They come in like little pucks. When you drop them in the water, the water hits them, they get moist, they expand and then they're ready for use. Once the Jiffy Cubes have fully expanded, you take your Jiffy and you put it in your cloning tray. Put a little hole in the top of the Jiffy Cube, and when you do that, you take your seeds and you insert the seeds into the hole in the cube with the root facing down. After you've put that seed in that Jiffy Cube with the root facing down, gently squeeze that Jiffy Cube like you're basically pinch it and squeeze it so that there's no space around the root itself, like it's all sides of the root are touching Jiffy Cube, which is what? That's what you need. Um, try not to keep it too hot. Like, don't don't use scalding hot water for the Jiffy Cubes. I like to try to keep my room temperature. But obviously, if you're running it out the tap, it's not going to come out room temperature. So just try to be mindful of the temperature of the water because I'm not certain, but I would speculate that if you use Jiffy Cubes and the water was extremely hot when you go to put those seeds in the cubes it might create some issues and cause problems that could lead to the death of the seedling so keep it a little cooler but don't keep it cold you know try to balance it out you got to stop and think the germination process runs from 70 to 90 degrees that's the ideal temperature as it is so if you me personally i try to keep it towards the lower end maybe a little under because if the room itself is 70 to 90 degrees, that Jiffy Cube is going to warm up to the room temperature itself. So I use water that's not hot and I allow it to basically, I'll just saturate the Jiffy Cube and I let it warm up from there. After you've put that seed in that Jiffy Cube and you've pinched the top, you take that whole thing and you drop it in the tray. You do that with every seed, every seed. So you have one Jiffy Cube for every seed you've done. Once all your seeds are done and they're all sitting in the tray in the Jiffy Cubes, take the humidity dome and put it right on top of the cube. 
or on top of the tray. Once you've done that, um, the only thing you got to do is put it up under the light. I said I had a heating mat, a heating pad, heating mat. I have that because my seedlings and my my tray does not always go into my veg tent. Okay, sometimes I have it sitting on a table, and because the room itself can get a little cool, I use the heating mat, heating pad. Heating mat. I keep trying to combine those words for some reason and it ain't working. So, once um, you've done that, just make sure you give it light. My light stays on for 24 hours um, over my seedlings and all my clones. And all you got to do from there is make sure you keep the Jiffy Cubes moist. Not overly saturated because if you oversaturate the Jiffy Cubes, you're going to drown that poor seedling out. So you just want that same sprayer that you use to moisten the paper tiles with, you use that same sprayer. And you spray the Jiffy Cubes, just the cubes, because what you're trying to do is force the roots to search for water. So if you spray the cubes, especially if you water them from not... Okay, let me backtrack one second. The purpose of having this tray is so that you can pour water in the tray. When you pour water in the tray, it'll fill up to a certain point where it'll hit those Jiffy Cubes on the bottom. And the Jiffy Cubes will pull the moisture up through the bottom of the cube. When you do it like that because the roots are growing down and out and the water is pulling up from the ground from the bottom it's going to make those roots grow down in search of water and that's how you get the roots to grow down and out of the jiffy cube all right once those roots have grown out of the jiffy cube you can put that shit in the dirt and you're good to go keep an eye on it because the seedling stage does last for a couple weeks so that could be very tender and it's a delicate stage. You don't want to overwater it. You don't want to give it too much light. You don't want the light to be too intense. You don't want the heat to be too high. It can't be too cold. Like they real, they real temperamental right now. So you got to treat them real good. You got to give them a lot of attention, but you can't give them too much attention. When I tell you this is probably the most delicate stage of life that you're going to deal with when it comes to growing marijuana, ain't no joke, man. These The seed, seeds and seedlings will stress you out more than any other part of growing marijuana, I guarantee it. In my opinion, that's the hardest part. The seeds and the seedling stage. But, I don't know. That's just me. Now, with these seedlings, do not use nutrients. None, none, none. No nutrients. Don't put any nutrients in the water that you put the Jiffy Cubes in. Don't put any nutrients in your spray bottle when you're spraying the Jiffy Cubes. When when the roots have grown through the sides of the Jiffy Cubes and you plant them in the dirt, don't use any water and the nutrients. And I'm going to tell you why. OK. First of all, for the first couple weeks of life, the the marijuana plant, the marijuana seedling, the seed that it's in originally contains enough nutrients and enzymes to help power it through the first couple weeks of life. So you ain't got to do nothing. All right. If you choose to do it anyway, what's going to happen is the plant is going to overdose. Okay. Think of it like this. You don't give a small child the same dose of medicine that you, or the same strength of medicine that you would give a full grown adult with the same issues. All right. You're not going to give no little child no 800 milligram extra strength Motrin. You're not, you're not going to do it. 
you're not because it's going to create issues in that child because the child is not big enough, the body is not strong enough or developed enough to handle that kind of medicine. The same applies to seeds. If you give it nutrients to help it grow, you're going to kill it because it's going to be too much for the plant to handle. The amount that you would have to dilute it to give it to these seedlings without killing it makes it not worth doing. You'd be better off just giving it straight water. So, no nutrients. That includes um, like that miracle Grow potting soil that has nutrients already. Nah, don't get none of that shit. Anything you pot your plants in, especially starting from the seedling stage, you need to make sure it does not have nutrients in it. Otherwise, you will kill your seedlings and be very sad. Very sad. Um, the same does not stand true for clones, though. You have to stop and remember the difference between seedlings and clones, which I'm getting ahead of myself because this is, you know, episode three is about the seed of life. But while I while the thought crossed my mind, I figured I'd speak on it. The difference between seeds, seedlings and clones is this. Seedlings are in the early stages of life. Seedlings are within the first three to four weeks of life for the plant itself. A clone, there's a good chance that by the time you take the clone, if you take the clone at the proper time, that plant's already two months old, which means that clone is two months old, which means when you take the clone and you root it, by the time the roots show, it might be closer to two and a half, three months old. That plant can take those nutrients. So as soon as you have roots pop, the roots show on a clone, when you put it in the dirt, go to work. You can nutrient it up. I mean, obviously you still can't overdose the plant, but that plant is more developed so it can handle a little bit more than what your seedlings can. Just make sure y'all keep that in mind, though. Please do. No nutrients for the seedlings, people. None. Wait till the veg phase. Wait till veg. Um, there's a couple other methods when it comes to germinating seeds. Uh, you can just so straight drop the seeds in the water, like get a cup of water, room temp, drop the seeds in there. Let them soak for a couple hours and then put them in your jiffy cubes, your rock wool, straight in the dirt. Um, you can put them directly in the soil. You can use rock wool cubes. I'm going to tell you right now. Fuck all three of those methods. Um, paper towel all day. All right. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, outside of the germination stage, that's really it, man. It's... It's one of those things where it's a lot, but only because it requires a lot of attention to detail and a lot of patience. It's not hard to do. The hardest part about it is not being overzealous and drowning your plants because it can happen. It Shit, I had a plant, um, I had a seedling just the other day that I pulled out. It wasn't growing. It sprouted. It, the seed popped. I put it in my Jiffy Cube. It grew out of the Jiffy Cube a little bit, and then it stopped growing. It stopped growing because that one particular Jiffy Cube was in a spot that could not stay dry. So because that Jiffy Cube was so wet and oversaturated, it drowned the seedling. So I had to throw it out. That's the things I'm talking about. That, that wasn't even a case of me being overzealous. That was more of a case of poor positioning within my humidity dome, so it stayed wet. Those are the things you got to watch out for. So it's not all operator error. Sometimes, well, I guess technically that is still operator error because I'm the one who put them in there. But 
it's not when I say operator error, I don't necessarily mean you're gonna break the seedling trying to transplant it or oh shit, that's another thing too. Be very gentle. Seedlings are extremely delicate. When you transfer your seedlings into the growing medium, i.e., you pull them out the, for my methods, you take them from the paper towel and you put it in the jiffy cube, use tweezers. When you use tweezers, the seed husk should not be completely off. Pick that shit up by the seed husk. Don't squeeze. Just pick it up and put it in the dirt. Be very careful. They're very tender. Um, I've had a case where I was checking my jiffy cubes and I picked the seedling up and I fucked around and pulled the seedling out the jiffy cube and ripped the roots out in the process. It's very tender. It takes absolutely no effort. So be very careful when you're working with these seeds and these seedlings, people. Otherwise, you're going to be sad. But, um... Yeah, man, that's enough about the germination process. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It doesn't take a lot of work. It does take a lot of effort, and it does take a lot of attention to detail and a lot of patience. But once you make it through that and you see those first set of leaves pop up, the first thing you see is not going to be the typical fan-type structure that you know marijuana plants to have. What you're going to get first are two rounded leaves, okay? After you get those two rounded leaves, you will get your first true set of marijuana leaves. Those are your fan leaves. And that is when you officially hit the seedling stage, at least in my book. All right. So that's what segment four is going to be talking about. The seedling stage. Alrighty, segment four, man, the seedling stage. So just to re, just a little recap, real quick. We have seeds, what I like to call non-germinated seeds. That's when you get them and you're storing them, and you're storing them the right way, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Store it in cool, dark, dry places, preferably an airtight container, right? Because if you don't, you might be sad because you wasted a lot of money on weed seeds, right? So that's that part. Then you got your germinated seed. That's when you take it from the cool, dark, dry place and you put it in the warm, wet space and you wait for the seeds to pop. That sounds really bad if when I say it like that, but fuck it, we're going to keep rolling with it. And, you know, once the seeds pop, you put them in the jiffy cubes and then you put them in your humidity dome and you turn the lights on with your little fluorescent because that's what you're using right the t5 right because that's what you're supposed to do and then you just grow them out and you wait for the first set of round leaves to pop up which are ah, there's a name all i know is that it starts with a c and i can't pronounce it cold cold something cold i don't know shit but yes the the first set of leaves they start with a c those are going to pop up and then you get your first true set of leaves, which is the fan leaves that everybody knows marijuana plants to have, right? And then after that, it's officially considered a seedling because you've made it past the germination part, right? You've made it through germination and seedlings are growing, trying to become young vegetative marijuana plants. That's where we're at right now. Seedling, the early stages of life. Very fragile. It usually 
lasts about two to three weeks, but it can vary from plant to plant. And it can also vary based off of genetics and the age of the plant or the age of the seeds that you're growing from. Okay. Two to three weeks is what some sources will say. Other sources will say when you notice when you notice rapid vegetative growth, that is when it is officially out of the seedling stage. Okay. When they say rapid growth, you'll notice it. We're not talking because these this seedling shit is a slow, long, drawn out process, man. I've been looking at the same seedlings for the past couple of weeks, and it looked like ain't shit happening. All right. When they hit the veg phase, I'll know because I'll walk in there one night and it'll be like ain't shit happening. And I'll walk in there the next day and thank all the weed fairies for coming in and blessing my plants because that, it's that noticeable. So during this seedling stage, these early stages of life, the two to three weeks varying depending on strain and all that other stuff, you got to really take care of these plants. You don't want intense light. You don't want high light. Ideally, for the seedling stage, the germination process, all of this, you want to use fluorescent lights or CFLs. Those are going to be your best bet. You're going to get the best light exposure, best intensity for this stage of light. You won't have too much heat, and you can... Put those lights a lot closer to your plants to get better results than you can with, let's say, LEDs or CMH or HPS or whatever you're using. Um, now, me personally, I have a T5 bulb that I use, and I also will take my seeds, my seedlings, and put them into my veg tent. Now, my veg tent has a 315, 315-watt CMH bulb in there. When I put them in there, number one, I do not put them directly under the light. When I put my seedlings in my veg tent with that intensive a light, they're off to the side and they're usually shadowed somewhat, not completely, somewhat shadowed by a pot or another plant so that the light exposure is not directly on them. Okay, that is what I do. It keeps the plants from being burnt because of the heat. It keeps them from stretching too much because it's not sitting under direct intense light, encouraging the plants to grow up very fast. It doesn't happen like that. I'll put it off to the side and I also will rotate them. So let's say I have a, if I have enough space to move the entire tray in a circle around the grow tent, I'll do that. Otherwise, what I'll do is rotate the tray wherever it's at so that everything in there gets light from all the angles until everything's ready to go and it actually proceeds further along in life now for me because i grow in these jiffy cubes mine my my seedling stage might be a little different i have to transplant it at some point during my seedling stage i say transplant because the plants are already growing and i have to plant it in the dirt because remember i have them in jiffy cubes these jiffy cubes ain't that big the jiffy cubes themselves are smaller than a tube that you'll get your weed in from a dispensary they're smaller, they're more compact. So at some point when the roots show, I have to plant them into either the pot that they're going to go into or a solo cup. I have been trying the solo cup thing lately, largely because I'm growing from seed and I don't want to waste my time or dirt or water or space in my tents growing seeds that are not 
they're not going to amount to anything, basically. Like, I don't want to waste time, space, and resources growing out a plant that's either growing extremely slow or is just not a high-quality plant in comparison to the rest of them. So that's why I decided to start the Solo Cup thing. And I take the seeds after they germ and they've sprouted and I see roots poking through my Jiffy Cubes, I'll take them and I'll put them in Solo Cups. And I'll put those Solo Cups into my veg tent. But I treat them the same way as I do with putting the, the actual tray itself in there. My Solo Cups go around the edge of the tent so that the light is not too intense and not too strong for the plants because they're still very young. They still get only water, no nutrients, and they don't get a lot of water. They get just enough for me to be sure that the water is going through the cup, but I don't make it, I don't water it so much that when you pick the cup up, it's heavy because I don't want to run the risk of oversaturating the dirt and allowing it to clog up and clump up to the point where the roots cannot push through. I've had it happen before. So that's something you have to be very careful about. Um, shit, what else, man? Seedling stage. What'd I say? No nutrients? Did I say no nutrients? Uh, if I didn't, no nutrients. I know I did. I'm just trying to stress that shit. Don't put no nutrients in your seedlings, people, please. If you do... If you use nutrients in your seedlings, do it at your own risk, research it, dilute it, cut it down, and then do what you do. And hey, if it works for you, send me a message, let me know. Tell me, ha ha, you told me don't use nutrients in my shit, and I did it anyway, my plants look better than yours. First off, I'm going to tell you, I don't give a fuck. Second off, I'm going to tell you, good for you. Third, I'm going to tell you, find something better to do with yourself other than telling me that you did something that I recommended you not do for specific reasons and you want to do it anyway just to prove your point, I don't give a shit. If it works for you, it works for you. If you like it, I love it. Great. I hope your weed turns out great. Um, if you do use, and I'm glad I did look back at my notes because I just got done talking about my light and my veg tent. If you do use anything other than a fluorescent T5 or a set of CFL light bulbs, i.e. you're using a or a CMH or HPS, something like that, you got to have those lights high. High as in distance from the plant. We're talking at least two and a half to three feet. That amount of space between that intensive light and those young seedlings will make sure that you don't stress them with heat, burn them with heat, or just... It, it optimizes the grow space as best as it can, considering the fact that you're using a light that is not recommended to be used at that point in the life cycle. So if you're going to do it anyway, make sure you account for the space and the heat that it gives off. You also have to remember, those lights give off more heat than the fluorescence in the CFL. So even though you might have it three feet above your plants, you got to remember too, it's still in an enclosed space, so you might also have to vent your tent to make sure that the heat does not get trapped in there. Now, me, I am lucky enough that my 315-watt CMH does not give off so much heat that I have to vent. Also, right now, it's wintertime in Michigan, so I don't have to vent my tents when my seedlings are in there. That CMH makes sure that the temperature stays between that 70 to 90 degree range that I need it for this phase of life. Now in the summertime, 
My seedlings will never see the inside of my veg tent because running that CMH is going to automatically put me at like 80 to 85 degrees. I can't afford to put seedlings in there and have them start off at 85 degrees because if the temperature goes up because it's 85 degrees outside and I got this hot ass light bulb inside my tent, like it's going to be disastrous. So wintertime, my plants, my seedlings tend to go inside my tent to account for the temperature. In the summertime, they don't go in my tent until the veg stage, until they hit that, that, until I'm certain. Once they hit those solo cups, then they'll go in. But in the summertime, seedlings don't see the inside of my tent until they make it to solo cups, and they got to prove they worth in those solo cups first, because it still becomes a waste of time. You still run the risk of losing some here and there due to genetics, operator error, and just natural selection. So... Oh, that's one thing I didn't say too. Let me backtrack. Way we're gonna go way, way, way back. When you germinate your seeds, you want to do more seeds than what you actually have the space to grow. And I'm gonna tell you why. Number one, all your seeds aren't gonna germinate. So if you plant ten, expect five of them to germinate. That way, if you get seven, you're cool. But if you only have space for six, and you plant ten and five, seven germinate, once you start growing those out, there's a good chance that all seven of those still won't make it. So by the time it comes time to put them in the pots and put them in your tents, there's a good chance you're down to whatever amount of seeds that you can grow out in the space that you have allotted. So always germinate more than what you need. And then from there, you always make sure you pick the best looking one of the bunch. If you got space for five, pick your five best looking plants to put them in there. You only got space for three, you let them five plants grow, and then once they hit a certain stage, you pick three of the best five that's there, and guess what? You can throw the other two away, or you can take them. I've done things like, I actually did this one time. I had a group of seeds that I took, I germinated them, I planted them. I only had space for four in my tent. I had six total. So, four seeds went in my tent. I planted them, I did what I was supposed to do, I grew them out inside. The other two seeds I put in a five gallon bucket, a five gallon fabric pot, and I put those on my back porch. So I had, I still grew them, they just weren't inside. That was outdoor batch. That was the first time I had grew weed outdoors. It came out very well, I might say. I'm, I, I do wanna throw that in there too. Very well. Um, outdoor growing is a whole different ball game. I wasn't even ready for that one. Natural elements kicked my ass the first time. And I ended up having to harvest my plant probably about a month and a half early. And I was very, I was disappointed in the product, the finished product that I had. But it was a lot of other factors that played into it. I had to harvest early because of heavy rain. Because of heavy rain, my buds were extremely wet. Because they were extremely wet, it took twice as long to dry. But because of the temperatures, I ended up with rot. It got moldy, so I had to throw it out. Not all of it, but some of it, yeah. So I was... Wasn't prepared. I was a little irritable about that, but you live and you learn, man. Um, shit, what else? Man, that's it for segment four, really, man. The ceiling stage is all about being tender and being patient. No nutrients. Do not give your plants no nutrients in these early stages. Don't give, don't even crack open your nutrients until you see that rapid vegetative growth and then you know it can handle it, man. Um, outside of that, though, shit, that's it for the seedling stage. 
So we about to do what we do every time when it gets around this time. We're going to roll into the next segment and the next segment. We're going to wrap that shit up. Stay tuned. Now comes the time when I got to wrap it up, man. As much as I love talking and as much as I love talking about weed and as much as I love talking to you guys. I got to shut it down for the night, man, because I done did everything I know talking to you about this, uh, these marijuana seeds and the stages that it goes through. Um, I ran it back quite a few times while we were while I was talking to you guys through the episode. So I'm really not going to recap much of anything at this point because there's a good chance I just said everything like five, six times. Um, but I will say this, man. Uh, if you don't do anything else after you listen to this podcast, this particular episode, go on Instagram and find uh, Nebula Hayes. And then search for the website, Grow Weed Easy. Okay. Those two sources will help you out so much. So, so, so much, man. It helped me get through a lot of things, actually. It helped me. I I learned how to clone marijuana from this website. And that information helped me so much that as a beginner... I was able to take cuttings from a plant that had been flowering and get those clones to root. So um, real simple, step-by-step, pictures of everything. Um, And the Instagram page is really nice, too. It's always a lot of information being shared. I even messaged her, uh, sent her a a direct message. I asked if if she had an issue with me putting... um, the information in this podcast for the episode, she told me, nah, go ahead, because the more people to hear about it, the more people are able to visit the website or follow the Instagram page, and the more people she's able to help, too. So it's like, a, I mentioned her name, it helps her, and it kind of helps me out, too. So, you know, it's a win-win for both of us, man. Um, that was, that's... It's, Go go check her Instagram out. Go check her web her her blog out. You won't regret that shit. Um, while we on the social media thing, you know I can't close it out without giving you guys my social media information. So catch me on Instagram. Only on Instagram. Big cats growing loud. That's B I G C A T S underscore G R O W I N underscore L O U. Uh, Until next time, y'all stay medicated, stay high, and keep listening to this podcast over and over and over and over and over and over and over, at least until you got your weed thing down. And then once you got it down, Pat, make sure somebody else listens to this shit too, man, because there's somebody out there that can use the information. There's somebody out there that might be somewhere where they might not have easy access to it. But they can get their hands on some seeds and grow their own. You never know, man. So just make sure you um, subscribe to the podcast. Like the podcast. If you got comments, feel free to make comments. If you have an Anchor app, you can send me a message on Anchor. Otherwise, you can catch me on Instagram. Feel free to like, 
Uh, you can regram whatever you want to from my page. Just support, 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 man. It's all about support at this point. I do it for y'all. So, you know, help me help y'all, man. Just spread the word. That's all I'm asking y'all to do. Uh, Till next time, though, man. Y'all stick around. Uh, This episode three, as soon as I get this one up and published, I'm going to be working on episode four. Before I really close out, though, I want to apologize to everybody. Anybody who listens to this podcast and has been waiting on this episode to drop, I apologize. My original plan was to do it as I was going through the seedling stage, but the seedling stage takes quite a while. It's very, um, very finicky too. I've gone through, this is actually my second reset with the seeds. So uh, I had a little issues the first time around, but I think it was more genetics than anything else. So I figured I'd get this recording done since I'm halfway through my second attempt at a fresh germ. So thanks for being patient, everybody. Like, subscribe, share, stay tuned. And... I'm going to be back at it again in the next time. Oh, one more thing, too, before I shut it down. I know I'm rambling. I do that shit a lot. If you happen to use any of my methods, if you listen to this thing and you start growing your own weed, please, 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 if you're in a position to do so, follow me on Instagram, share them, send them to me, and I will post that shit to my page, and I will give you credit for it, saying, hey... This person listened to my podcast. They decided they was going to start their thing. This is how their process is looking for them so far. Boom. There you go, man. That's all it is I'm trying to do. But before I keep rambling and you get another 15, 20-minute segment, I'm shutting this shit down, man. It's Big Cat signing off. I'm going to holler at y'all. Peace out, everybody.